This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello again, Patriots fans. Welcome back from the much needed and hopefully very much enjoyed bye to another edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by your friends at WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart here today. Primetime Shime Time cannot join us today. He has some domestic affairs to attend to. So we'll look forward to hopefully the DVOA Hole Patrol joining us later on in the week. Andy, I know we texted about this and conversed briefly as we set the table here for our return to action. Looking forward to the Jets coming back to Foxborough for old Zachy Boys. Uh, Chance at revenge against Belichick and the Patriots. So we got a lot on the table here today. But how did you enjoy that one precious Sunday? And there may be other Sundays because the Patriots have some Thursday action. Two Thursdays, in fact. I'm not sure if Mac Jones knows about that. But Patriots <laughs> have three games over 12 days and play at some um, unique start times. But how did you enjoy taking football in again just as a just as a football fan for one given Sunday? Wasn't it just delightful? It was delightful, gluttonous, and it left me feeling really bad about myself. I did the entire day. We had the Tom Brady Munich 9.30 kickoff, so I was having French toast and bacon while watching Mm. Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And I literally waited. I started to get the urge a little earlier, but I waited till the 1 o'clock kickoff to pop open the first Miller Light of the day. Um, And made it all the way till 1 o'clock, huh? Yep, all the way to 1 o'clock. Such restraint to be admired. And despite the fact that I was, I feel like I could have gotten away with it at 9 a.m. because I'm watching a game in Germany where it's mm-hmm. mid afternoon and it's Germany. So obviously, you're. And did you see anybody. the size of the plastic beers they were drinking yes. in the stands? They had Absolutely. full liter Steins in the stands. And I just want to say, I may have made mention before on this podcast or whenever you and I are on the radio, whatever. I've talked ad nauseum about how much I enjoyed taking in the NFL in Europe. And I just want to implore everyone that's listening to us right now or anyone who might be watching on the social medias at Six Rings Pod. If you get a chance to ever go take in a game in London, in Munich, next year in Dusseldorf or wherever the NFL may also expand to, France, Spain, China, wherever, go. It is such an incredible take because it's so different from what you're used to stateside. There's no like... Lots only open four hours before. Hey, no fires over there. Hey, put that drink. Oh, open containers. It is just mirth, merriment, joy, cheers, chance. In London, and I imagine the same was true in Munich, you're basically just fraternizing 
with a bunch of people who have at best a functional, barely functional knowledge of the game, and they're constantly making football versus football comparisons. Every third guy looks like a villain from a Guy Ritchie film with muscles out to here, you know, kegs uh, or pitchers of beer under each arm. Oi, you want to sip over here, Fitzy? Yeah, you go. And then just the chugging and the, the joking. And then, of course, as you heard in the stadium, that crowd was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Singing the country roads, all the songs they were doing, like Sweet joy- Caroline. Sweet Caroline. I actually liked Sweet Caroline again for the first time in forever. So whatever joy you felt watching the game while you were having pancakes and French toast and bacon or however everyone else did it with, you know, having their lagas or some Bloody Marys stateside, go. I Like next year, there's rumor the Patriots might be playing in Germany. Yep. I cannot confirm. I won't deny, but I can't confirm. There's a very good chance they'll be there. I'll move heaven and earth to get there. I, Ooh, I six abs- rings takes Germany. Yeah, see, exactly. What is six in German? Uh, what's uh, Terp? Could you look up what six is in German while we actually try to get this podcast going? Thank you, producer Justin. Nine Sprachen Sie Deutsch. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it it would be amazing. So that was a great start to what was a really enjoyable awesome. Sunday. Um, but now let's get to how this affects your New England Patriots because we've got to stay live and local. The AFC. That's why I'm calling this first segment uh, the AFC East Snow Globe because the Buffalo Bills hosting the Minnesota Vikings and what I'll say was the most entertaining NFL game to date this season, game of the year thus far, losing in such head-scratching, improbable fashion in overtime to non-primetime Kirk Cousins, wide receiver one in the NFL, possible offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and the Vikings, and old pal Kevin Kevin O'Connell was absolutely spectacular. That game was... So freaking good. And 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 the effect now, Andy, is that Miami has vaulted into first place in the AFC East. Buffalo starts the day as the number one seed, looking towards a bye as they were supposed to be the wagon of the AFC, steamrolling towards their Super Bowl. Didn't even seem like the UCL injury affected Josh Allen that much. The Jets and the Patriots both benefit from a Chargers loss and not playing any football. And as of now, you've got four AFC East teams in the playoff picture, actually in the playoffs, if they started today. And I can't tell you who's going to win the East or who the number one team outside of Kansas city is in the conference. Even at this point, it's bananas. Well, first of all, we all nailed it. We expected there to be four teams from one division in the postseason. <laughs> we were just on the wrong coast. Everybody thought it would be out West and it's really East. Um, not that I think it's necessarily going to hold out that way. And the, the other thing I found interesting was your people. The fraud squad. Okay. Um, okay. Take, taking these strange victory laps about like, oh, the Bills are beatable, and and Josh Allen, look at him, he's turning the ball over. And I was like, um, yes, both teams actually that are on your schedule turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins had two picks. Allen had a couple picks. I had obviously the key fumble mm-hmm. on the exchange. Unreal. And they still scored thirty plus each. They can turn it over and still score a crap load of points. So my takeaway from that game was not, ooh. They both look beatable. My takeaway was they both look like they could put a lot of points up against us and look like difficult offenses to deal with because I'm sorry, Josh Allen, when he was being again, a man among boys in overtime, when he's just running down the field, he's like, Oh, are you a linebacker? Boom. I'll run you over before he threw the game. Oh, the final drive where, uh, where, so he fumbles the exchange in the end, such a wild turn of events. The fourth and 18. First, I thought 
Steph Diggs had the catch of the year, which he kind of did. When oh, he beautiful. leapt up eh, into the air. For gloves, though. I'm still okay. I make these catches it, without goddamn gloves. Right. Then Justin Jefferson with the catch of the year, but the circumstances of it being fourth and 18 and in traffic going up and one handing the ball, gloves yeah. are not spectacular. Cousins doesn't score on the sneak. Then Allen mishandles the snap. And then now Minnesota's up. And then, of course, he just drives them straight down the field in 41 seconds. Minnesota in soft zone and prevent D. What does prevent D do? Exactly. Prevents from winning, Fitzy. The overtime's wild. Josh Allen throws another pick in the red zone. They got too aggressive with their play calling. Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, everyone take note. Sometimes it's still legal and or okay to take the available outlet or the safe yards as opposed to always going for it or trying to play hero ball. Just a spectacular game. I do also want to point out, though, Andy, Mm. that while we've got a lot to look forward to uh, and the Patriots are going to have a lot on their plate, if you will, Thursday night, Thanksgiving against Minnesota, and then twice against Buffalo. Buffalo in that game where they give up ultimately 33 points in defeat was without starting defensive end Gregory Rousseau, starting safety Jordan Poyer, starting cornerback Kair Elam, and starting cornerback Tredavious White. So if everyone thinks that maybe Buffalo's defense has lost a step or is in turnaround, you might want to pump the brakes on that take because Buffalo's defense is much better than they showcased on Sunday. Even if they did have a 17-point lead and kind of blew it, they're much better than that. And that's against a top-10 offense. Uh, And a top one or two team right now based on record and projections like the numbers now give the Vikings a chance to be the number one seed in the NFC. Their only losses to the Eagles, which had been previously unbeaten, but are no longer unbeaten. Um, And I just look at it on, on not on paper, basically on the field. I go, huh, that Jefferson guy is really good. Hey, that Dalvin cook guy, he can go the distance on pretty much any run. Huh? TJ Hawkinson, that's a really nice complimentary quote-unquote weapon for a team to have, and he's really much more than... I will say, though, before we get too much into the future mm-hmm. schedule, it does tie in. I will agree with your fraud squatters that Kirk Cousins can still lose his team a game. He is still scary if he's your quarterback at times. Like, I don't... I know he's got swagger and chains around his neck, and we're seeing his shirt and all that. I'm still not sold on him. But the bigger question I would have is... Did you see two teams that the Patriots measure up to there? Uh, I saw two teams the Patriots measure up to. Um, uh, yeah, the way want, I measure up to Shaq. I was going to say the way that like my four foot six, uh, nine year old measures up against me when we're like making sure we're both tall, tall enough to ride a ride at the amusement park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, so I just it's great that you backdoored your way into the playoffs in November if they started today, which would be weird because it's November. And uh, and the and the I will say like the in Bill We Trust slash fraud squad victory lap was pretty hilarious. Not just the see I told you you could beat Buffalo. They could be had they're not perfect. But it was kind of funny like oh oh look at this all the naysayers against Patricia and Belichick wondering what's going on and the team's good they've won five games like again there's nothing I enjoy outside of the success and happiness of my own family than a Patriots victory and the subsequent joy conversation and celebrating therein. But I am old enough to trust these eyes, which have been prescribed glasses to wear at night when I drive because oh, I'm right. almost 50 now. And like, you know, like, Hey, macular degeneration happens to the rest of us. It, it is what it is. But I trust these eyes well enough to know 
that these Patriots, while still pretty pretty solid defensively, and they'll get guys like Barmore back and more after the break, Andy, this offense isn't going to cut it. It's not good enough as is right now. So while it's all snow globed up, look at Miami. Look at the way they can just score at will from anywhere and all over with this wide receiver dynamite tandem. Look at the way Buffalo can usually when Josh Allen isn't playing hero ball and reverting back to his 2019 errant ways and being so cavalier with the football. Hell, look at the way the Jets run the ball and if they put it in Garrett Wilson's hands and you saw what these wide receivers like Diggs and Jefferson can do. I'm just wondering where the Patriots fit in now in this AFC East and the overall AFC playoff picture. No elite weaponry aside from Ramondre Stevenson. Quarterback questions aplenty. And there are you're going to have to, there's going to be a game or two or three where you're going to have to put up 30 or more the rest of the way if you want to hold your ground as a wildcard team. Well, the thing I find interesting is you can sell me on they're better than the Jets. You can sell me on they're better than the Chargers, like some of these other bottom tier seventh seed type teams. The middle, the, the, like the great middle of the AFC. Well, I mean, bottom playoff tier. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. there's a stark difference between the, the real playoff teams and the group you would be in if you made it. But you're not really competing with those over the second half of the season. Yes, you have the Jets to start off. The unfortunate thing is you're competing more with higher end teams or talents. Like if you just said the way this worked is you need to beat the Jets, the Chargers, and I don't know, one other team, I'd say, oh, you might have a puncher's chance. But to get to that slot, you're going to have to match up with the Bills and the Vikings. And I, I brought some numbers to the table. I know you're what? Hey, did research, Timothy. Notepad with lots of scratch <laughs> on it. I was told there'd be no math. So the first half of the season, the first uh, nine games. Nine, which is also no in German. And by the way, producer Justin Turpin with yeah, a private like message. You know what six is in German? Yeah, it concerns me if we go to Germany sex. and do our podcast. <laughs> it's sex. And I don't want to do a sex podcast with you. <laughs> I don't know how anyone would feel about sex rings with Andy and Fitz. <laughs> yeah, that, that's terrible. And if it's not like, even if it's popular, it would alarm me that it's popular. <laughs> I want no part of the sex rings podcast in Germany. Um, no, that's the point of no return. Like that's, yeah, that's like, we would need, we would probably need Liam Neeson to rescue us if we started getting into the sex rings podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. No. Um, so right. first half of the season, I am a child, nine games. <laughs> the Patriots yep. faced a top 10 scoring offense mm -hmm. three times. Thrice. So three out of nine, okay. One out of every three. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. You know how many times they will face a top 10 scoring offense in the final eight games of the season? Uh, six, five, five. Okay. Five so, out of eight, five, five out, out of, so eight. So it was three out of nine versus five out of eight. Yep. Okay. Oof, Let's okay. flip to the defensive side of the ball. All right. You know how many times the Patriots faced a top 10 scoring defense in the first half of the season? Twice. Once, just once out of nine games. That was uh, the Jetropolitans. And they didn't score a ton of points. Just so you know. Even despite facing lower end defenses. You know how many times they'll face a top 10 scoring defense in the final eight games of the season? Uh, just like my Razor Quattro? Three. Thrice. Okay. So three times as often as they did in the first nine games. Okay. But let's, let's flip the script a little bit. You know how many times they faced an offense that was in the bottom 10 in scoring points in the first half of the season? So bad offense. Right. You know how many times uh, that came up? 
I will say four times. Five. Wow. Five of the nine teams you faced were in the bottom of the league in scoring offense. You know how many times they'll face a bottom of the league scoring offense in the final eight games? None. Once. So one-fifth as often as you did the first time. Okay. You know, you know how many times they faced a bottom of the league scoring defense in the first nine games of the season? Twice? Five of the first oh, nine my. games were against a bottom of the league scoring defense. You know how many times they'll face one in the final eight? Uh, here's where I'm supposed to say once. Three. Damn it. So it didn't cut any of this right. Virtually everything based on statistics and mm-hmm. nine games into the season, like these are your stats. By the way, these were before this week. I did these okay. numbers Sunday morning before the action. So, but everything gets more difficult. Like you faced more bad offenses and more bad defenses in the first half. You didn't face great offenses or defenses in the first. Like everything gets more difficult because obviously the Bills are good on paper. Mm-hmm. Like they're scoring right. offense, like however you want to, their offense is good. The Vikings are a good offense. The Jets are a good defense. You face them again. Obviously, the Dolphins are a good offense. Like everything is re- like the worst scoring offense you face is the Jets. They're 20th. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is, you know, even the bad teams, the Cardinals and the Raiders are like 14th, 16th. They're middle of the road. And yeah. then you face the Bills, the Bills, the Dolphins, like the Vikings, top 10 scoring off. Like everything, no matter how you measure it. And I'm not saying this means you can't win. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, remember that whole storyline we wondered like, huh, is this going to be just like last year where they start out a little slow, then they build a mm-hmm. little momentum? Now, the difference is last year at this point, you were the number one seed, remember? Everybody thought, this is a Super Bowl team. Oh, my God, football outsiders. We did 7,000 uh, computer generations, and they all have the Patriots in the Super Bowl. This year, it's not as dramatic. You, you're right. in the playoff picture. You're not the number one seed. But the, the overall storyline and narrative is eerily similar to, are you going to prove you measure up over the final eight games? Now, I certainly have my doubts. Mm-hmm. As, as the uh, regular listeners to Six Rings know, I do not have the Patriots having a winning record. I do not have them making the playoffs. I have you them have them at 7-10. and 10. We went through it last week. I have them at 9-8 and eight on the cusp of the playoffs, potentially you losing out. Homer. Uh, we'll see about that. I just want to round out this segment, Andy. Great, uh, great job with all the numbers and the research leading into this. I can't believe someone did their homework on this podcast. Uh, uh, I know, I know where you've told me before. Uh, I can take all of my PFFs, the poofs, oh, yeah. and all the other numbers researched. Put them uh, right up your sex rings, keister. Exactly. Uh, but whether you whether you take it from PFF or whether you take it from any number of other websites, uh, the Patriots have, depending on who you want to read and whose numbers, uh, statistical number crunching and such, uh, you place the most faith in. They have either the second to the fourth most difficult schedule in the NFL on the second half of their season or over these final eight games. So yeah, but Josh Allen threw a pick in the end zone, put that in your schedule machine. So if the Patriots are to stand their ground right now as a wild card team or hold, basically hold serve, if you want to say, then they're going to have to do it against the lumber. They're actually going to have to do it where they spit the bit last year against good teams in the final half or the final quarter of the season. So not, you know, you can borrow to be the man, you got to beat the man. Or to be the best, you got to beat the best. They don't have to beat the best. They just have to beat some of the better. 
in order to qualify for the playoffs. And if they go through this schedule and they're able to, let's say, beat Buffalo once, beat the Vikings, uh, win four, maybe even five games, they'll have earned their way to the dance and there'll be a team, other teams and their fan base, even the meteor, if you will, should take seriously. And if not, fraud squad unite. And there it is. You know, I love to do these. Better chance that they win five games out of the final eight or lose five games out of the final eight? I think you know the answer to that question, but I'm not going to go on the record with it. The one thing I will go on the record saying is how much I appreciate, just as Andy, Shime, and everyone at WEI, you following along, rating, reviewing, subscribing, giving all the love and the props to the Six Rings podcast and this community we're building here. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, the podcast is available wherever you get your awesome football talk programs.